Pastor Namti Odukoya is an educationist and life coach. As the co-pastor of the Founding of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria, she ministers the message of hope to her congregation and women around the world. She is the founder of a children's foundation, Fundawazi, which means learn and know in her native Zulu language. She is passionate about building wholesome and integrated family life with focus on raising godly and socially responsible children and ministers. Pastor Numti is the author of several books, including some fast-selling children's books. Her ministry and message of hope to children and women span across Nigeria, South Africa, Europe, and the United States of America. Welcome, Pastor Numti Odukoya. <laughs> Shall we please a rousing welcome to Pastor Numti? Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. I'm going to share from the book of John chapter 21. John 21 from verse 1. It's quite a long scripture, but I have to read from verse 1 to 14 so that we fully get what I want to talk about. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Sorry, just to remind you. I've been by the Sea of Tiberias. <laughs> True. And uh, we ate the fish which is called Peter's fish. So verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom, disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. <clears throat> then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you saw today before, before it, be, it became today. We thank you that you will speak 
to us through your word. Show us things that we have not seen before so that we will walk with you on a new level. Father, anoint my lips. I will speak only that our the only that which I hear from you and anoint the ears of my hearers. Father, just like Jesus broke bread and gave it to his disciples, today we need that, that bread. Break it right now and feed each and every one of us here. None of us will leave this place hungry today. We will all be filled and be satisfied today and we will give glory to you. When we leave this place, men will know that we have fed of the bread of life. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. amen. Well, I chose this scripture. I was like, I'm looking for a scripture where, uh, uh, when I was praying, I was like, I'm looking for a place where Jesus appeared to his disciples after his death and resurrection. Because then that's the time that they had, I would call them born again. Because like, like Pastor always teaches us, before this, before Jesus died, they were not born again. They were just followers of Jesus. But when Jesus died and, and rose again, that's when salvation started. <clears throat> so this is, I'm looking at them now in the, in the eyes of a new creation. Okay, now they are a new creation. They are not just Peter and John and Nathaniel and and James, the same ones they were before. Jesus has died at this point. Jesus built his back and he resurrected. But there was commotion, obviously, in the land. And that's why we find them in the sea. Peter said he's going fishing and his friends said they were following him. You will not mislead your friends in Jesus' name. And you will not be misled by your friends in Jesus' name. So, I was like, why did Jesus follow them? Because no matter where the devil tries to distract you and lead you and leads you, Jesus will follow you there. He knows where you are. Jesus knew where they were. He left them the whole night, but in the morning, I don't know how long he had been there for, but he just appeared. He was there. Jesus is always there. We can never hide from him. So I was like, why, why follow? Your, your children like this. Why follow them like this, Jesus? And the Holy Spirit gave me an answer. That because he died for them. Jesus died for me. That's why he will not give up on me. Jesus died for you. That's why he will not give up on you. He died for the world. That's why he will not give up on the world. That's why he took all the, tr all the trouble he took to go by the sea and wait for them. That Okay, once, once you are done, then I will, I will appear. You would remember that there is God. There is a helper. I am still here. So one, the first reason I thought of was because he loves them. And that applies to my life as well. That he loves me. That's why he would follow me everywhere I go. He is with me. He loves me. He died for me. He will always fight for me. Two, Jesus has had some work for them. He needed, he needed them to do some work for them. Remember, he had told them before this to go and preach the gospel. They said in, in Luke chapter 9, go two by two and do this when you get to the city. If they receive you, you do this. If they don't, this is what you do. So he had not changed his mind. Now that he has died and resurrected, even more so, he wants them to tell people about him. 
He wants them to he wanted them to tell people about salvation. That's why he followed them. He had Jesus has some work for you. Well, I say amen. amen. He says in John 10, 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and, I shall, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He, he, he demonstrated it here that no man will pluck these disciples out of my hand. I'm going to follow them to this sea. I have work for them. Jesus has work for you. I am his candidate. You are his candidate. There is no short list here that, okay, this is the short list for best candidates. We are all his best candidates. And he needs us to do the work in the vineyard. Amen. So, I was, as I was preparing, I remember the story that I've told so many times about a lift that one time we landed abroad and, you know, after taking our suitcases, dragging them to, okay, from the carousel and then going to the lift, going to the car park where we would get our car to our destination. We entered the lift, big lift. We were packed inside the lift and the, doors, the door closed and we waited. You know, when you, you know how it is, the feeling. You enter, the door closes, and you know that somebody's going to press the button and the lift will start to move. But nobody pressed the button. We all waited. And it dawned on us almost at the same time, everybody who was there, and we didn't know each other. All of us were kind of upset. Everyone said, press the button. We didn't know who, were talk, who we were talking to. But we knew that somebody was by the button, by the door. Somebody was supposed to press the button. Is there, have you put my picture up yet? I have a picture of a lift so that when, what we talk about, we see. If you don't have it, I think I've, clear, I've created the picture enough. We got upset. Press the button. Obviously, the person did not fight us back. They knew it was their responsibility to press the button. Even though we didn't know him, he pressed it. And I learned a lesson from it. The Holy Spirit just dropped the message right there and then. That he himself needed to press the button for him to move on to the next level. So he can't say, I don't even know if he, he or she, I didn't even see the person eventually. He can't, the person cannot say, I'm not going to press the button. All of you are going to benefit from me. You, when you press the button in the things of the Lord, you benefit first. And then the others will benefit from it. You will not be stuck in any lift of life in Jesus' name. You will not be lazy to press that button in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so I, I just went to, on the internet to check for people on the, uh, on the lift because I didn't take a picture and I didn't think about taking a picture. So there we go. What, all of us standing there. One person needed to press the button. When you press the button, you press for people of all color. People you know and people you don't know. He, God has not called you to press the button for people you know only. Everybody has to benefit from your pressing the button. Remember the word of God says in Romans 8.19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits 
for the revealing of the sons of God. So I'm like, if, see how upset we were that that person was not pressing the button. Nature is waiting. Creation is waiting for you to press the button that you were created to press. Nature eagerly awaits. I can imagine nature being upset with you if you do not press it. Let alone people that are attached to your life. Some people are dependent on you to press that button. You know what it is that you need to do to make other people's lives better. That's the button you need to press in that lift. And you don't even need to look for a thank you when you press it because it's what you were created to do. You enjoy pressing it. It does not give you any stress. And the interesting thing about it, I was like, because we were there with our suitcases. Imagine if somebody else from the back thought, okay, that guy is not doing a good job. Let me climb on top of suitcases and go and press the button. That's what happens sometimes when we think we can do something better than the other person. We try to compete with them. You know, all of us can do some things. There are things that we can do, but it's not everything that we can do that we, are, we have been called to do and that we have been anointed to do. I, can, I think I can arrange people when they come in. I can tell them to sit. But I have not been called and I'm not anointed to be an usher. Somebody has been called to press that button. And God knows why he puts them there. They have to be there. Because when somebody enters in, they should feel the power of the Holy Spirit before they sit down. If you have not been called, before the person sits down, they will be angry with you. You are not anointed. Because how can you be pressing the button to move people to the next level? But people are angry. That means you are not pressing the button. You are pressing people's eyes. <laughs> Greeting. We greet every day. Greeting is an easy thing. I can greet. Everybody can greet. But there are people who have been called and anointed to greet. There was one place I entered and I even thought maybe the person knew me. The way they were smiling. I was like, do they know me from somewhere? That was the anointing they had to make people feel good before they enter into the presence of the Lord. They were pressing their button. Are you pressing your button? Or you come down and sit and you just enjoy other people's lifts every day. In and out. I mean, I'm doing my own thing. I don't want to work with people. People can be annoying. No. You have to press it. You are his candidate. Amen. I was looking at John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew who he was. Knew why he was created. He was the voice crying in the wilderness. Saying prepare the way of the Lord. He knew. He would cry out every day and baptize people. Tell them to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He would tell them every day. Baptize them. But we know that he was Jesus' forerunner. And Jesus did not appear as soon as he started baptizing people. He, was, he, he must have baptized so many people before he baptized Jesus. But he did not say, why have I not seen this person? You know, I'm a forerunner. I need to, I need to baptize him so people in this place, can, in this area can know. That's what I've been called to do. I've been called to baptize the son of God. I've been called. but He kept doing it with all diligence. That's to say, don't be discouraged when you're pressing that button. Don't be discouraged when there's no thank you coming your way. I'm here to encourage somebody here. 
Don't be discouraged when there is no thank you. When there's when you are trying to help them, they even upset you for trying to help them. Don't be discouraged. Continue. Until one day, John the Baptist was still busy baptizing. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He came. Jesus eventually came. And they recognized him. Your breakthrough will eventually come. In the place where you are pressing a button. Stay there. Do not move. Like I said, my children, uh, don't fight over the pressing of the button. Because there will be so much chaos. My, most times when we enter the lift, my children fight over who's going to press. But we do that as adults. Who's going to press? It is not about shining. It's about, it's about the lift moving in life. That people's lives are made, are made better. It is not about, oh yeah, you press the button, we got to third floor. Well done. It's good for, for that to happen from time to time. But it is not about that. So that's why it's not something you can fight about. Well, I just remembered right now, one pastor was preaching and he said, people fight about everything. They, pass, they fight for positions, they fight for, record, for significance. But not many people fight. People actually, not many. He said, no one fights about fasting. That I'm going to be the one to fast. No one fa- fights. I'm going to be the one to pray. I'm going to be the one to do this. But those things where people want to be prominent, most times people fight for. Press the button whether it's in a place where everyone can see you or it's in a hidden place. Keep pressing it. You have been given to press it. If you do not press it, see what will happen. There will be hunger in the lift. There will be suffocation in the lift. There, will be de- there might be death. You know how it happens when the lift is stuck. Death in the lift and all sorts. Can you imagine if Pastor Tabo did not press the lift, press the button? We are all, he- all here. I mean, that's how I look at life. We are all here because he decided to leave his well-paying job at NNPC. I said, mm, I've been called to press the lift. Fountain of Life Church it is. And we're all here today sitting, hearing the word of God because one person agreed to press the lift. Won't you press your own? This may seem simple, but it carries a lot of weight. If you know, I mean, some, I was not here in the, uh, when the church started. Some people were here and his life is no longer the same. Just like the Bible said, he did not take any purse. He came as he was and started the work. But look at God. Will he leave you? If you press the button, he will make sure that he provides for you. Amen. So, people are dying. As, I, as we are talking right now, somebody is dying in the hospital because somebody refuses to press the button. Somebody on the road is dying right now. Because somebody somewhere is refusing to press the button. They are only thinking about themselves. Some, bo- some people are afraid for their lives. Somebody somewhere could be comforting them, saying something, but people are minding their business. They are not minding their brothers. They are not brothers keepers. There are many ways. I'm like, sometimes there are people who are just called to smile. And you make people's lives better. There are some people who are thinking about committing suicide. 
But when they see your smile, they see the glory of God. Because that's your pattern. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You have been called to smile so that people would have peace. That's your pattern. Press it. You might be going through something, but your smile is to the glory of God. I will smile until my breakthrough comes. I'm telling people about healthy eating. People die, heart attack. They've not checked their hearts. I think I should talk about it. People have big wastes, and that's what they, they say it's a cause for heart attack. If a person has too much waste, big waste, you know. Pastor Amy, is she here to help me confirm? But I've read it somewhere. Somebody somewhere knows about this. But we are afraid to step on people's toes. Kindly tell the person mm, who looks pregnant when they're not pregnant. I said, because mm, I'm like, really, me, myself right now, I think I'm stepping on people's toes. But maybe somebody here needs to live, not die in, in ignorance. Somebody maybe needs to watch what they're eating. Those things are important because God has a job for you. He has some work for you. Take care of your body. Somebody is just his own pressing of buttons to tell people to be hygienic. You know, it's hot. It's hot in Nigeria. It's hot. After you've been out there, just have, just clean up a little bit before you meet people. It, those are the things that would, of, would offend people sometimes. But because you have been anointed to do that, there will be grace for you. Some of us, if we, have not, if we do not have grace to say it, people will be offended. But if you have grace, you have prayed about it. That's your thing because you want to see people's lives improve. You want to see looking, people looking good. That could be your area. That's the example I just thought to give. Hallelujah. Because people will not suffocate in, under your watch in Jesus' name. People will not, die, will not die on your watch in the name of Jesus. People will not live in fear on your, on your watch in the name of Jesus. Because when God has done some things for you, you need to do it for others. When he has given you bread to eat, you give it to others as well. That's why he followed them. He followed them. Because I told you guys, go and preach the gospel. We are here fishing. You've forgotten. I said, you are fishers of men. You're no longer going to fish fish. Colossians 3.10, I, 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 I jotted it down here. The Passion Translation says, For you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. I think, without talking about the deep things, the full revelation of God is knowing that God loves people. For God so loved the world. So if I love his people and I do something for him, I believe with all my heart that he will always do things for me. It is in his word that you have ministered. He has not forgotten your labor of love. That you do minister to the saints and that you have ministered. He will also minister back to you. Amen. So what made, I was now looking at Peter and his friends. What made them go back to the business they used to do before they met Jesus? Life happened. That's what happened. Life happened because life happens. There are some interruptions sometimes on the way. 
you'll be living and you will lose somebody unexpectedly that's life happening exactly like them that's how they felt they felt like they left they lost jesus even though they knew at this point that he had resurrected but they were still disillusioned what is this life this life we chose is it the right life that those are the questions that a person asks themselves when they are going through life am i really supposed to even be here should i continue looks like nothing is happening should i continue that's what they thought peter thought and thought this man met me fishing i had my business fishing fish and selling fish he said i should fish men but he is look at how they dealt with him he's dead and he resurrected but where is he right now he's not even with us we don't understand that was a lack of vision we pray for the spirit of understanding in jesus name that we will be connected to christ we will understand the vision that he has for people in jesus name so at that point they were grieved grief can cause people to be disillusioned and not believe that god still has a plan for them as long as you are alive god has a plan for you god still has a plan for you god knew what he was doing when he sent his son to die for us and the interesting thing is in the end after all this peter was the one who stood up and preached and shared this the very same story that happened how jesus was of nazareth that was captured was beaten and he died on the cross and on the third day he told the story the same story made 3000 men to give their lives at a go the sto- the thing that you are going through that is so hard is a story that you can tell to people and they will give their lives to Christ that's what happened that's what the bible is about that's how the the gospel started they shared what they saw they shared everything that happened to them it was not easy when it happened for us when we look at it because we know how everything how everything went it's kind of easy but peter and them peter knows that he went through a such a, a a time where he denied he even denied christ he went through they went through a time when they shut themselves in they were afraid to even go out but now that same story is the story of salvation that your story is a story of salvation do not be afraid to share it for the glory of god because what happens is people make their stories a museum they build a museum i was like okay another reason why this happened because they made their nets they they did not throw away their nets they still had their nets don't mind peter and his friends what did the nets suddenly appear let's go fishing all of a sudden they are by the sea that means they still had their nets and their boats ready somewhere throw away your nets throw them away when you have received Christ you are a new creation one of the things that we know that we are new creations we are walking through that new creation realities is that we don't have any nets we are not thinking for rainy days because Jesus is our is our sunshine even during those rainy days Jesus is my sunshine on a rainy day i don't need to 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 provide for rainy days i don't need to build a museum you know what a museum does i've been to a museum many museums they are enjoyable places but there's one museum i went to where i knew i needed to pray because it was a museum um where they were showing how 
the white people killed black people. And as you can tell, I am black. So I sympathized with the black people who died, who were killed by white people. And I kind of got angry at the white... I mean, I, I grew up in South Africa. You know the story about apartheid and all. I never had a problem until I went to the, I went to the museum. I had to sit down and pray for forgiveness. If you keep the things in that museum, they will make you, they will distract you from pressing the button. That's what happened. I went to the museum. I remember the past, even though I was not even there. And the past became real, a reality to me now. No, that's, if many men be in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not, I'm burning, so burn down that museum you have built. Burn down, burn down the nets. You don't need them anymore. You don't need to fish anymore. So, and the interesting thing uh, that happened was, the fish knew that these guys have been told not to fish us. They were like, no way, we can't be partakers in this. No, no. They tried to fish, no, no, no. Because creation, all creation are eagerly awaits for your manifestation. Creation, creation will not go against the word of God. When Jesus said, stop fishing, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Fish were there listening. Do you know that atmosphere is listening to this word today? You need, that's why you need to press your button. Is that, uh, uh, no, 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 we're not entering there. They told even their sleeping brothers, wake up, careful, there's a net here. And these people are supposed to be fishers of men. We're not men. They should not fish us. That money you are running after, you will only have it when you press the button. Because money is like, no way, not me. God has told him to press the button in this way and he doesn't want you. He will abuse us if he starts having money. Sometimes you can even make it, but you will not even see what you're doing with it. If you're not pressing the button. It is not about that. It's not about how much money you have. It's about he will provide. You, you know what I want to say. Amen. That person who jilted you and left you, you were almost getting married. Creation. He, even though he, it felt like he hated you or anything, it is because God who knows who created you knows that that person is not in your future. The plans that Jesus has for you, that person is not in your future. Even that person themselves know, even though they don't know what they're doing, they just feel like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to marry her anymore. I'm not going to marry him anymore. That's because they have heard in the spirit realm, even though they don't know, that they can't because they will disturb you in your future. Uh, sometimes people are, are, are stubborn. They still go against it and they force and they enter into that marriage. Then the Holy Spirit anyway, because God is faithful, he will always help them through the fight for, for a long time. Am I communicating there? Yes. Amen. So, I was looking at Jesus and his attitude. Ah, if you love Jesus, just wave your hand. He is amazing. He is amazing. He is amazing. He, he did not judge them. 
He's the precious father. He went there gently and started making the fire, put the bread ready for them, put the fish, started doing barbecue for people who left him. Hey! Amazing! And then, guys, do you have some fish? No. Do the right thing. Cast your, I mean, that when it says cast your net on the right, for me is do the right thing. It was just, just teasing them. Do the right thing. Well, obviously they did. And they collected, they got 153 fish, large fish. Everything you're looking for is in Jesus. Large fish you're looking for is in Jesus. Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And there's, there was no, you guys, how can I die for you? I was with you for three years and I even died for you. Peter, it was not enough for you to, to deny me on that day. Eh? It was not enough. So now you have even gone back to fishing. No stories. Love instead. And see how Peter responded to this love. When he realized that it was Jesus, he put on his clothes. I was like, I like this part because we are Nigerians and I think you have watched a Nigerian movie before. I like, I've seen when there's commotion in the village, I've seen people tying their wrapper. They're going, ah, what's happening? I'm like, okay, because it just now dawned on me, okay, they don't want their wrapper to fall, so they want to disturb them because if the wrapper is falling, you will not pay attention to what is happening. Tie their wrapper and they will go. Have you seen them? Oh, um, this is, I've, I just, like, okay, this is what Peter did. Like, oh, something is happening. Let me cover up. And he plunged onto the sea and he started swimming towards Jesus. But in Genesis, when Adam and Eve had sinned against God, they still put on their clothes, but they went to hide. This, in this case, because they, even though they were kind of unstable in their faith at this point, they kind of, they understood the grace of God. That I can, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. I don't need to run away. I am running to him. And it is, as far as I'm concerned, it also, symbol, it also symbolizes that when you're in Jesus, you are covered. When he heard that Jesus is here, I'm, let me cover myself, I'm covered. Yes, I may need to still swim through the waves of the sea, but I'm covered because I can see my breakfast. My breakfast is by the shore. I wanted to, to give this message, breakfast by the sea, but I, I decided to, to say, press the button. He covered himself. When you, are by the, when you are inside the sea by yourself, nobody sent you there, you will experience rejection, the storms, disappointments, everything that can go wrong. But when you are with Jesus, even when there are storms, you are covered. You will see him through any negative thing that is facing you on the way. Because you always know that Jesus has prepared breakfast. There is breakfast for you. For every situation that has hurt you, there is breakfast for you. To make you feel good again. To make you feel better again. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Your breakfast is here. Your breakfast is ready. Your breakfast is ready. Amen. Fish and bread. 
and he said, when, when um, Peter got there, he said, bring some of the fish you caught, you just caught. He already had, I'm like, why is he asking for fish? Because he already has fish. He even has bread, he has fire. Fire, by the way, is that warmth that you receive when you go to Christ. The sea is cold. There's wind. There are winds blowing in the sea. But when you run to that fire, you receive the warmth you need. That's why there is, it is not possible for you to receive that warmth and not be able to share it. Unless you're still running around the sea, still swimming backwards and forwards. But when you swim to that place of the breakfast, you know how to eat and give others. So he said, bring some of the fish you just caught. It shows that no matter what you achieve, it is him. It's him who said, cast your net on the right. He was the one who made them catch the fish. He's the one who makes you succeed in life. Even if there are people following you, he's the one who makes those people follow you and even listen, listen to you. He's the one. Take everybody back to him. Take everybody back to him. Whatever you make, don't say, yeah, we have to give offering. We have to go free. Give some of the fish you just caught. Have you caught some fish and you don't want to share with the brethren in church? You don't want to give your tithe. You don't want to give your offering. It's your fish. Who gave you? Who gave you life? Who gave you strength? Who gave you everything that you have? Who did? Who did? Give some of that fish. He already has fish. A cattle on the thousand hills belong to him. He does not need your large fish. He has fish already. I, I don't know if you understand what I mean. He has it already. He has fish. But he wants you to be co-laborers with him. He wants you to do something. for. You. Don't be selfish. Amen. So they brought the fish. And I like how they started. I didn't read that part. After they finished eating, I did not just call you to have breakfast and that's it. I'm still standing on my word. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Again, do you love? He wanted to make sure. Do you love me more than these? He said. Peter was even getting upset. Oh, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. That's why I said he has a job for you. There is, there is work for you to do. He didn't just decide to go by the sea and appear to them just to waste time or just to make friends and rekindle old love. That might be part of it, but the main thing and he did not scare them off or scare them away. Let's be gentle about this. Let's enjoy our lives at breakfast. Is, I'm sure he even forgot. Things are good like as usual now. Oh, look at how uh, the Lord is breaking bread. With, for us, look at how we're eating fish. Oh, life is, this is how I know life to be. Life is responsibility. Okay, after I've finished your breakfast, get up and do what you're supposed to do. Get up and press the button. Get up and press that button. So if somebody is here and they feel like they are in the sea, the sea is boisterous. You don't know what to do. You feel like you are drowning. Like Peter, take your coat, wear it, and swim to the sea. The others took the boat. But for you, 
If you are desperate enough for him, you swim. There's not even time to go and take the boat, row, row, row your boat. No, I'm going to swim to the shore. There is a solution on the shore. There is fish already on the shore. Where there is Jesus, there is fish. Where there is Jesus, there is breakfast. Where there is Jesus, there is bread. There is nothing that I lack. Why am I, why am I out here in the sea suffering when there is fish by the sea? I'm running back to the sea. I'm, I'm running back to the shore where Jesus is. I'm going to him. I am going, I'm not going to be left behind. I am not even going to talk to my friends. He did not talk to his colleagues. You know when he, he, he went fishing, he said, I'm going fishing. But when business got serious, he did not tell anyone, I'm going to the Lord. You don't even need to discuss it. You know where you have not been pressing the button. Go to the Lord. Run to him. Swim through that difficulty. Swim through it. You will not drown. Jesus is waiting for you at the shore. You will not die. Keep swimming. That thing looks like it will kill you. It will not kill you. He is alive. He is alive. He's waiting for you to swim through. He's waiting for you to swim through. Swim. 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 He's waiting for you. He is waiting for you. If you do not know him as your personal savior, I want you to swim and come here. Swim in front of us like Peter. Do not be afraid of anybody. Get up and swim. There is breakfast for you. Why are you going hungry when there is food for you to eat? Why are you hungry? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, run. Swim. Anybody who does not know him, Jesus has the fire. You're feeling cold. You're feeling alone in life. He has the fire. The fire is burning. He's waiting for you. Did you put my picture up? Did they put my picture of Jesus? We are waiting for somebody. We are not in a hurry. Jesus did not leave the shore. He waited until Peter got there. Why, O Lord, thou art called do not pass me Hallelujah. It's interesting. That means all of us are born again. Let's clap our hands for the Lord. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But are we feeding the sheep? Are you pressing your button? If you are not pressing your button, just stand up where you are and swim to the shore. Receive the fish. Receive new strength. That's what it means. When you're swimming to the shore, you're receiving new strength. You're receiving a new power, a new oomph. 
to feed others. Stand up where you are and commit your life and say, I'm going to feed. I'm going to feed. You don't have to have money to do it. And don't be stubborn about it. what would have happened if Peter and them saw Jesus and like, they, would, they would be like we're fine fishing like this where have you been do not give up on God like the song says he will not give up on you some people are not in departments because they think it's it's just people we do things because we like these, are, these things are spiritual we're pressing the button after coming to the conference what are you then going to do is your life going to shine? How are you going to walk in these new creation realities? No man can pay you better than Jesus. He pays. He does not owe any man. He will pay you. He will pay you. Don't rush him. Rush him for his presence. Don't rush him for material things. Rush him for his presence. Well, they decided to come forward. I thought they would just stand up and would pray with them. They decided to come forward so I'm going to ask pastor to pray for them these are the ones these are the Peters who have come to the seashore to have breakfast let's celebrate Jesus they're throwing away their nets they're destroying their museums no more going back to the past only the future is ahead of them souls are waiting for them I once had this dream and it was like I went to buy glasses. I don't know, it was a while back. So I picked, when I was about to pick a pair of glasses, a guy who was serving me showed me the one to pick. It was the smallest of them all. 
very small. So I looked at his face. I was like, in my, inside my mind, why would you want me to pick the small pair of glasses when there are other big ones? But he had a stern face on his, and a stern look on his face that I know what I'm saying. Take that one. So I picked it. And I put it on. You know, when you try glasses to see how good they look on you. I put it on. The minute I put them on, they started growing, growing, growing. I was like, wow. And that was the end of the dream. I told my friend the following day, I was like, wow, I had a funny dream and I, I narrated it as I have narrated it to you. I was actually even laughing about it. And my friend said, that might be God telling you something. Pray and find out what God is saying. I stopped laughing and I knew immediately that God was telling me. The word of God says, your beginning may be small, but your end will be large. Your end is great in the name of Jesus. You will not despise the days of your beginning in the name of Jesus. He's the Alpha and Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. Trust in him. You will trust him every day to take care of your future in the name of Jesus. He has plans for you. He has a future, a bright future for you in the name of Jesus. He has fish for you. Many large fish are ready for you to grab in the name of Jesus. He will open your eyes to see those fish in the name of Jesus. He has bread for you. You will eat of the bread and you will share with others in the name of Jesus. Your days of suffering have ended in the name of Jesus. Because you will press your, the button and it will take you to a new level in the name of Jesus. This new level you are going to you have never seen before. And the things that are going to happen to you are going to be mind blowing in the name of Jesus. The world will see your life and they will say this is the finger of the Lord. The finger of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon you. You can never be in want. He is your shepherd. You will never be in want. He will prepare your table in front of your enemies. You will eat and you'll be satisfied with plenty in the name of Jesus. You will not have any cause to lack and you will not suffer. You will not cry over your children in the name of Jesus. You will not cry over your husband in the name of Jesus. You will not cry over your wife, over, over your business, over everything that concerns you in the name of Jesus. Because he will perfect everything that concerns you in Jesus name. As you build others up, he will build you. As you water others, you'll be watered. Everything you do will be rewarded in the name of Jesus. And in the end, you will join him in the heaven when you are done. And he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you receive it, give God a big shout of thanksgiving in the house.